It's just so fitting for this movie. Yes. There's, you know, the car, the shootout, Bruce Lee, what looks like a shootout, the Manson girls, Sharon Tate, Al Pacino's in it, the little girl who makes DiCaprio cry. Mm. Also, I love about this film, this poster is at the bottom right, these little moments of the hoop, uh, hula palooza show that Rick Dalton dances That's to. That's it, yes. I love that little moment there. It's just that whole bottom part is just so period accurate. Yep. Welcome to your local Cineplex with your friendly neighborhood hosts, Renee Gomez and Zach Dennis. Welcome back to your local Cineplex. I am Zach and I am Renee. Wow, that worked. That right. worked okay. perfectly. <laughs> perfectly. All right. Here at your local Cineplex, we search out and share the amazing posters out there as well as the artists behind them. We also share and bring more exposure to these artists. Yeah, because we really want to try to support these artists because I am getting Photoshop fatigue, Zach. Yeah. It, it is happening. And the only cure is to just look at well-crafted posters. Renee, I think you'll be happy to know that today's episode, we look at Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I am happy. But first, oh, oh. But first I want to kind of rewind the tape to Ghostbusters Afterlife. There was a lot I wanted to say last time. We just didn't have the time. Uh, so I wanted to fair, uh, share a few thoughts. I mentioned Afterlife is a perfect combination of Ghostbusters and the Goonies. You remember that? Yeah. And I made a correlation between Finn Wolfhard's character, Trevor, and Josh Brolin's character, Brand. Yeah. Then I found the same connection between Podcast and Afterlife and Corey Fillman's character, Mouth. They ah, yeah. Have the same kind of feeling. You can tell, podcast just has a bold personality. He likes to talk, which is why he has a podcast. Even the hair. I was gonna say, <laughs> even the hair. I just remembered yeah. he has that like really. He has that Corey Feldman hair. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. So I, for me, it was just a, a, another kind of just a warm hug from yeah. everyone involved with Afterlife. They're like, we know what you grew up with. We know we grew up with the we grew up with the same thing. Yes. So here's a nice warm hug. Here's Ghostbusters meets Goonies. And yeah, it's yes. funny we didn't even mention. I think we barely mentioned podcasts last time, and right. we're quite literally like we should have talked about him the most. And he's an amazing actor. You know why? Why? Other than the obvious, right? But you know the goggles he wears. Yes. And when he takes a picture in that scene, well, turns out. That's a really cool prop, the, the, the goggles. There's an actual camera in there. Oh. The gears, right? Yeah. And because of that, he could not see through the goggles. Oh, my he's, goodness. He's working blind there. Yeah. And they kind of had to direct him, okay, look this way. So that's all, like, working blind. That's awesome. Props to him for acting like a pro. Yeah. And Phoebe. Yeah, she Go, Phoebe. I was so happy. I was watching a little bit of BTS with yeah. her, and she is so passionate about Ghostbusters. That's like cool. the amount of passion and excitement and how bubbly she is about it at that age. Yeah. I mean, she says she, she grew up with Ghostbusters and I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. I was like, they did such a good job ca casting her. I see why. I see why they cast oh, her. Other than her amazing acting, just from that alone, 
and her passion. Like, yes, I would cast her. Yeah. Because you want people who just bleed and love Ghostbusters like you and I do. Yeah. The okay. farmhouse. Yeah. They Did you know they built that farmhouse? From scratch? From scratch. From oh, scratch. Oh, wow. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but it's always impressive. Like, I, you know, I know... Hollywood had like they had a huge budget to work with this but like to build a whole farmhouse I'm all that's so impressive and dude two they did two? they had to build two one on location on the farm and the second on a, in a soundstage oh that's right oh my especially goodness. for the, the especially for the finale I mean you can understand what's, yeah that makes a lot of involved. sense yeah they needed that control and what's special about the farmhouse one the 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 uh, one on set on the field uh, it was fully dressed in and out except for the second floor which was mostly for crew that's where they kind of stationed yeah fully furnished outside addressed in and out that's uncommon that is very uncommon that's like old Hollywood that I know they fully build a freaking house not just a facade a fully house I was gonna say I think the last time I, I heard of you know something like that is with interstellar how yeah. Mr. Chris Nolan, they grew the See. the cornfields and then they ended up just selling all that for profit, which I thought was awesome. So I, I always like hearing stories of Hollywood movies doing that because it's, it's yeah. so fun. And that makes me wonder if people can go visit the Ghostbusters Afterlife house. That would be fun to just go take fun. a look at that, see how they filmed stuff. Yeah. Do, do you know by chance where they filmed it? I think it's called Calgary, the, uh, c- the the city or town. I think that's what it was. There's actually on YouTube. I, I found all this out uh, on YouTube. Adam Savage, as I'm sure most of the listeners know from Mythbusters, he has his own YouTube channel and Ghostbusters invited him along uh, during the filming. Oh, that's so, so cool. It's an extensive, amazing behind the scenes. They talk about so basically everything I'm sharing with you, you can find on that. So if you're if you're stoked about hearing about this, you can find even more from uh, if you go to Adam Savage's YouTube. That's so cool. I need to add, yeah. add that to my watch later. Definitely, it's I pretty much watched all all of it uh, this past week. They did that, uh, and then of course the the on the st- the soundstage house, the upstate the upstairs was furnished too uh, for all the inside uh, the room shots. I think I think we saw every family member in their room yeah so that's what that was for and then obviously nice. for the finale uh scene had to be done on a soundstage and and the the proton pack i mean fully functional yeah they added the red switch yeah i've seen hardcore ghostbusters fans recreate the proton packs and add so many cool details and lights so i'm glad the movie was able to also do that and just stay faithful to the original film dude it vibrated oh really yeah oh that's fun so when you know phoebe's holding it i I can't imagine how much that helped her act when she put that on and it's vibrating and the sound that was making she must have felt like a ghostbuster absolutely (laughs) it was i would love that helped adam savage uh he he's there on set with the prop master who was was involved with creating that proton pack and they go over every delicious detail yeah Yeah. i i looked it up right now and it's it says adam savage inspecting the ghostbusters afterlife proton pack which sounds fun because yeah. it seems like he did a video prior to that movie where he made his own. So he's he's probably yeah. also a really big fan and wanted oh, to make he, sure he they is. were doing it justice. He even, yeah, he flipped out. 
he flipped out because he so yeah fun. he did his own and he actually got help from the prop master because they're actually friends in real life yeah they he basically came over and helped adam build his own spangler type uh proton pack so cool pretty exciting so if you are a ghost head like renee and i then check that out but without a further ado we look on to once upon a time in hollywood once upon a time in hollywood the ninth <laughs> film by quentin tarantino yes, the quentin tarantino who i am a huge fan i'm happy to say i was able to meet the wax figure quentin tarantino oh really Where'd mm -hmm. you see it? When I went back to California, when I was in high school, went to Hollywood. Fun. We went to Madame Tussauds Wax Museum, and I saw a Quentin Tarantino wax figure. I was like, oh my gosh, Quentin. Oh my gosh, there he <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. I took a picture of, like, because he's doing, like, that director's pose with the fingers, you know? Oh, yeah. is he like this? That one? That, yeah. Yeah, 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 that yeah, yeah. And so I stood right next to him, and I was doing the exact same thing. That's fun. I wish there would have been a, a, a Steven Spielberg, because I would have cried. Oh, yes. I Yeah, yeah the Steven Spielberg. I've seen people take pictures with the Spielberg wax figure. That seems so cool to, to see in person. But, so uh, what did you think about the, the movie? Oh, I... I love the movie. I, I saw it when it came out. I think I saw it twice, actually, Ooh. because, you know, the first time watching the film, I was kind of expecting and I, and I think a lot of people had this thought process where it's like, oh, OK, that's going to be the villain. Oh, uh, this is the plot. And then you get like two hours into the movie and you're there's still not really a hardcore plot. And, right. you know, the Manson family, they're not in it as much as you think. Right. So then the movie, the last 20, 30-ish minutes, that's when the quote-unquote plot happens with, you know, the Manson family. And as hilarious as that was, I was like, oh, okay. My expectations were very different. I I thought there was going to be a more like Django and Shade, more narrative structure to this. Right. And then... I still love the movie. I was like, oh, that, that was really good. But I didn't get a chance to appreciate it for what it was. So then I went to go rewatch right. it and I saw it and I went into it uh, looking at the movie as just a slice of life film, a movie that takes place in the late 60s. And it's just about two best friends in Hollywood. And after, you know, going in with that expectation, the second viewing was even better because mm -hmm. instead of me constantly waiting, I was just enjoying each scene for what it was. Yeah. Um, even the, the scenes that don't really have much going on have kind of become one of my favorites. For example, the one with uh, when Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth, they're both just watching TV and you hear mm -hmm. their commentary as they're watching the episode. That's one of my favorite scenes because it just feels so real and natural and you get a sense that you're there in the late 60s experiencing yeah. this with oh. them. And, but yeah, I love the movie. I think DiCaprio and Brad Pitt make such a great, great they couple. Do. They have such good chemistry. I love how hilarious DiCaprio is. Um, yes. I think he's a, a really good comedic actor. He's he's awesome in that. And then Brad Pitt, Cliff Booth is just the best friend you wish you had. Just definitely. This stunt yeah. guy and his dog and all that. But yeah, I love the movie, the production design. I'm sure you can agree. Yeah. Is <sighs> magnificent and Oscar worthy. I don't know if it won an Oscar. I know Brad Pitt won an Oscar, but I love the entire aesthetic of it. There's a book out that I'm really curious about. 
because oh, yeah. I, if I remember correctly, it's this Tarantino basically wrote a book and yep. he was like, this is not a movie. Let me cut some stuff down. He cut it yeah. down. That's what the movie is now. But thankfully he released a book. Uh, oh, yeah, I got to get my hands on that. Yeah, I'm curious about that. I think I've heard good things about it too. So yes. But those are my thoughts. What did you think of it, Zach? If the listeners don't know, Rene and I are big Universal fans. Oh, but, right. I mean, I know you're a Universal monster fan. Yeah. No, I, I love uh, old but, classic Universal films okay. and their logos okay, and all so, that. So you'd freak out if you ever got to go to Universal Studios Hollywood and go to the back lot, right? I already did. And I did so you're, freak you're out. Lucky man. Yes, I I went uh, 2019 late October. It was uh, my family's been wanting to go, and finally, you know, we were able to all save up the money. We went, and in the back lot, they had these classic movie posters. They drive you around, and then all these prop cars. It was it's so much fun, Zach. I know you would yeah, love it. So bad. Yeah, you would I've, definitely love it. Because I've been to the Florida, and so of course they don't have a back lot. Yeah, I Florida. haven't been to the Florida one. You got to go to Hollywood. So yeah, I got to go to Florida. Reason I bring up that is because the part where Cliff Booth drops off Leo's character to a cowboy movie he's, he's shooting, that part is on the back lot. The old Western set. Yeah. It's on the back. They shot on the back lot. So that made me so happy because I'm just a big nerd about old Hollywood up to the 60s and uh, this universal back lot. I love it all. Yeah. And so knowing that, it was extra special. I'm assuming you, because it seems like you were kind of like... Not sure what the movie was about when you went to go watch it. Yes. And I'm assuming that's due to you must have not done much research prior, right? You just kind of saw the trailer and then you went to go watch it. Yeah, I I just saw the trailer and then I went because I was afraid to get something spoiled. Uh, you mm. you never know with Tarantino. So yeah, I I went into it completely blind. I went into it knew kind of not 100 knowing what, for what it was, but I knew. The Manson thing was not a huge driving plot device. It was just kind of, this was going on at the same time. And we were seeing this very historical moment, tragedy in Hollywood happen through these two characters. Yeah. I knew that at least. But yeah, it's, but it still allowed me to really just enjoy and sit in this love letter to old Hollywood. I loved everything about it. I'm just a sucker for retro design. I'm a sucker for just that period of the 60s the the set design what tarantino did to the to the that drag strip in hollywood redesigning yes. bringing the marquee Absolutely. stuff in those are the type of movies i want to work on especially as a designer especially as a production designer who basically every logo every signage you see in the movie has to be done, designed by a graphic designer mm-hmm. even ghostbusters i saw the, the design team what they got to design for afterlife ghostbusters and and i was like oh, i wish i would have been able to do something for that because they got to design a lot of cool retro stuff for that yeah yeah so i guess aesthetically i was a big fan of the film and the story wise i just i liked it and i think it's my favorite quentin tarantino film cool. i say that not sh- sure why no, that, i think that's fine people yeah, gravitate to different films for different reasons so mm-hmm. I, 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 just, I just can't tell you why it is i just know i love it Do you have a favorite um, scene from the movie like just one scene that you could rewatch over and over again actually yeah it's there's, there's many of them but the immediate one that pops up is when uh leo's character rick dalton is on that cowboy movie set and they're in this uh saloon 
and he's sitting there across from uh, Timothy Sh uh, Timothy Elefante, I think that's oh, Elephant. Yeah. But if you've seen the movie, Timothy you know who Oliphant, yeah. There you go. Okay, so he's sitting across from him, and they're doing their dialogue, and it's just I loved the just the under getting the exposure to the blocking of how they're doing that scene. Leo screwing up, starting okay, start from the top, and then you see the camera move from its last position back to the top position. Yeah, I guess that's what I love, love about it. And the movies about making movies, and all in a in a time of Hollywood, I love that I love to go visit because it seemed like back then it was just about making movies. Yeah, and I think I don't feel like Hollywood's that way anymore because this was prior to the internet, so yeah. the only thing that really you know, directed people to stuff was critic reviews or just how right. much money it made. You know, this was way before we started reboots and well, there were reboots of like old serials from like the 30s yeah. and 40s, but it was a lot less common because people wanted new stuff. Whereas nowadays, I feel like because of social media, people are like, oh, let's get Batman and Superman the fight. And so the studio wants to do stuff like that, which is fine. Right. But um, there is such a... Also, Westerns aren't really popular anymore. People don't They're not. really like them. I, I dig Westerns. I like them a lot. Me too. The last one I saw in theaters was the remake for Hateful Eight. And I enjoyed that. Mm. It was a really fun experience. Yes. But it is sort of a shame. And I think that's, you know, Tarantino, it's... It's a love letter to all these movies that used to come yes. out and how magical Hollywood felt. And, you know, we don't really get to feel that way anymore for some reason. There's some sort of magic on. Sometimes I feel like it's because, you know, there's so many resources out there that you know how they made the movie and all that. Right. And back then it was just like, oh, you can only see this in the theater. You can't, like, if you want to pirate it, mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot more trickier. And if you don't catch it in a theater, you have to wait until it comes out on TV in like five years or something. Right. Because I know that's what happened with, uh, if I remember correctly, with the Universal Monster films, where if you missed Dracula in theaters, you had to wait until a re-release, which sometimes were like <laughs> a few years later. So then yeah. it just kind of becomes this thing that if your friends didn't see it, you're like, oh, did you watch The Green Hornet? Or because uh, I, I didn't get to catch it and, you know, you're explaining it and all that. So, you know, there is something a little more precious about sacred. movies and precious, sacred. sacred, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And Definitely. I think he does a really good job at capturing that. Oh, yeah. Magical it's Hollywood even just the, feel. The, the love letter to the stuntman. Oh, absolutely. The yeah. Cliff Booth's character. Even with back with Grindhouse with uh, Death Proof. Yeah. Death that Proof. That was a... That, that was a love letter to the stuntman and Kurt Russell, the amazing Kurt Russell, who is the most amazing actor. Yeah, he's my favorite. <laughs> I love Kurt I love Russell. Kurt Russell, he's he's awesome. One of my favorite. Tarantino actors loves the stuntman. And just to hear Quentin's take on it and love for it, I'm, I'm honestly hoping that Quentin's next film is a love letter to stuntman, stuntmen. Yeah. And that whole in that whole world in that time period, I would love that. It seems like there's there's a resurgence of appreci appreciation for stuntmen from the wonderful YouTube channel called Corridor Crew. Yeah. Are you familiar with yes. them? Yes. Yeah, they, they started off with VFX artists react. And so now they have stuntmen react. So they invite their stuntmen friends on there. 
I really hope Quentin does that. Yeah, I, I think it's it's good. You know, people. I, I'm always. I've been hoping that the Oscars introduced an award for like the best stunts because you have to think these people are literally risking their lives and sometimes they do die on set, which is mm -hmm. always a tragedy. But they definitely do deserve more recognition and people like Tarantino know that. And I, I think that's mm -hmm. why they, they center their movies around stuntmen. So people know, oh, it wasn't DiCaprio doing his stunts. It was Brad Pitt. <laughs> if, if you take anything away from that movie, <laughs> Brad Pitt does everyone's stunts. Yeah. <laughs> so soundtrack. Oh, it has this has a great soundtrack. Dude, I, I have it on vinyl. And I mean, before I got it on vinyl, I listened to that freaking thing so much it was like i made it the soundtrack to my life <laughs> for a good couple of weeks it transports you it transports you back to that i love the details of the radio yeah every time a new tarantino movie comes out it really does feel like an event unfortunately you know there's directors like spielberg and scorsese where you you kind of don't really feel that as much but I think because Tarantino is so selective and he doesn't do that many movies, he only does one every yeah. couple of years. When it does come out, it is like an event where it's most likely you can go watch the film somewhere in 70 millimeter. And, you know, I, I appreciate that he does that and he tries to bring all that back. I wish I could have seen this movie on 70 millimeter. That would have been cool. I know they did it yeah. in L.A. at that I don't know the name of the theater. It's the the one they show off in the movie. Um, oh, uh, Cinema... Rama? Cinerama. 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 Yeah, Cinerama. Not yeah. Cinemarama. Cine That's another gem. Yeah, they, they showed it there, and that that must have been awesome to watch the movie in... Yes. In a theater that's shown off in the in actual the film. Yeah, yeah, that's I love that. That's so cool. But yeah, yeah, I didn't get to see it in 70 millimeter. I did get to see Hateful Eight in 70 millimeter. Same. That was an experience. That was fun. So there was a whole intermission. Yeah. I, that was I think the first and only time I've ever had an intermission during a movie, which I was so grateful for because I had the pee. Yes. It was yeah. a long one. I had to urinate. Yep. Yeah. So that that was so cool. It, it makes me want to arrive in a tux, and yes. in a with a cane. Well, the fact that Quentin he numbers his freaking movies. Yeah. Like this was his ninth film, Once Upon a Time. He he assigns a uh, a value to it. A yeah. A actual, there is a countdown. I wonder there if there is a last film. Yeah. I wonder if he there's like that pressure of his mm -hmm. tenth film. What yeah. is he going to do? Because there's yeah. been debates whether or not he will continue. Recent, so Based on recent interviews, it looks like he's pretty certain he's not going to make movies because he wants to raise his kids and he wants to write books. Yeah. I'm ecstatic about his final film. I think that'll be so fun. Regardless yeah. of whatever he is, whatever it is, he always finds something good. I don't think there is any bad Tarantino movie. The closest one people hate is Death Proof. That's, I think, his what? worst rated. I I guess if maybe for the average viewer, I could see how that movie was yeah. too slow. You the know how jumpy thing. it is. Yeah, it's a grindhouse yeah. film. It's supposed to be so yeah, slow. For the average viewer is not going to like it. It's supposed to be that kind of movie you just watch at 2 a.m. 
both Death Proof <laughs> and Planet Terror. It's supposed to be a yeah, weird yeah. movie. And I respect yeah. that he did that. I'm very happy he did that. Because I liked Death Proof more than Planet Terror, to be honest. I think it was more memorable. I remember more of Death Proof. I remember the the chase scene. That was that, that was amazing. Planet Terror, I remember the elevator scene because Tarantino makes a cameo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the foot yeah. gun. Very Robert yes. Rodriguez-ish. Yeah, yeah. Zach, what do you think? I think you mentioned it, but I want to hear your more detailed thoughts on the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood poster and all their yes. all their marketing. Because they, I think they had yes. some pretty good marketing. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, well, first up, we will look at the teaser poster. Again, I just want to reiterate here. You can see all these photos, all these posters that we are react, reacting to on our Instagram. So you can easily follow along and see what what the heck we're talking about. I'm sorry. Sometimes I feel like I don't properly describe these posters. Our Instagram is there to, to pick up the ball where we drop it. This teaser poster, we got Leo and Brad Pitt. Your basic photograph. Nice photograph. Uh, we got Leo kind of being a cool guy. He's leaning against the side of the poster. Brad Pitt's kind of doing the same thing on the opposite. And then you got their uh, their car in the background and then you got the Hollywood sign in the background too. I'm not a big fan of this. Yeah. Really? I, I, I don't blame you. It, it's a little for a movie like this it does feel mm-hmm. a little too simple. I think they could have done a yes. little more. I'm glad the official poster is a lot better. I do like just looking at it, we didn't even, I didn't even mention the, the fashion in the movie is great. I like yes. DiCaprio's brown leather jacket and his his pants. And yeah, I'm the, trying to get my hands on that. Yeah, it looks great on them. It's a simple, it's a very simple poster that, you know, it gets the point across and it lets more of the less hardcore fans, oh, there's a new Brad Pitt and DiCaprio movie coming out because it's, it's showing them off. I'm glad it's at least not just another face photoshopped in the sky yeah. type poster. At least they're posing. It's a teaser poster. Yeah. You know, I've, I've mentioned I've mentioned this before with teasers. Usually they get a little bit more fun with these. Yeah. And so when I saw this, I was like, really? This is a teaser poster for a Quentin Tarantino film? Yeah. Really? No, thank you. No bueno. Yeah. This was actually done by the agency called Works ADV. Uh, I think they pretty much did, were in charge of most of the uh, poster campaign for this film. Something I I think I would have preferred is I like when like teaser posters don't really show the actors. Instead, what they do is, for example, like... We could have seen maybe their feet in the background or maybe they could be blurred out. Or honestly, it could have been something from, is it, what's his, what's the name of his show? It's a uh, Bounty Law. Bounty Law. Yeah, it could have been Bounty Law. Some, like, it could have been a TV with Bounty Law playing and mm-hmm. both of their feet up. Like they're watching, you know, from that one scene when they're watching exactly. the, the, the show. Yeah. And that kind of gives, and then it could say Brad Pitt, DiCaprio on the sides if they want that. But then that way, you're not clearly showing them off, but you're setting a tone for the movie. And around the TV, they could have cool props from the 60s. And right. Like a, maybe a Coke can from the 60s. And that would really set the tone that, okay, this is going to be 
a 1960s film and it's gonna really center around these two people just being friends and hanging out and i think that would have conveyed the idea of the movie even better than you know just them sta- yeah, standing I, and looking I at the camera i agree i actually really like your idea because um obviously with this teaser poster it's they're trying to sell their act actors right i mean you got you got your heavyweights here yeah like rap Pitt and leo and so i understand obviously obviously that is their i that's the point but to your point they could have done that and the reason is is because they released like official set photos prior to this mm. of them in costume yeah I so remember. we already know what they look like so to go forward and make a teaser poster with them in the same costume is nothing new to the audience so yeah because how you described yours is a better more exciting intriguing way yeah because then it's also like i think when this came out people were just like oh that's cool and that's it yeah. you forget about it yeah but let's say they did the other idea I just pitched where, you know, the TV is there. They could put like a can of dog food. They could put things foreshadowing the events of what's going to happen. And then people are more likely to zoom in and be like, oh, I wonder why that's there. I wonder if something's going to happen with that or et cetera, et cetera. So then that creates more conversation online mm-hmm. and that creates more hype, which then I think would you know, get more people to go to the movies and watch it. So, you know, See, that that's just my two cents. This is why people need to listen to you. I don't know why people don't listen to you. I, I don't know why either, Zach. <laughs> I wish they it's did. It's so frustrating. People listen to Renee. He has great ideas. Oh, I. but right? if you ask, like, if I pitch this to Tarantino himself, I I don't think I could. I think I'd, I'd throw up. That, well, that would he, be bad. He listens to this podcast, so. If Tarantino... I, I, he still watches like tapes for I think yeah. for the most mm-hmm. part, which is awesome. Yeah. But that makes me think he might not watch. He might not listen to podcasts, especially True. podcasts about his own movie. But you yeah. never know. You know. You never know. You never know. You never know. If you are listening so, to this, Tarantino, yeah. I would like to say I love you and uh, please you please come on the show for a Q and A because there's a lot yes. of questions and a lot of answers you have. Yes, and uh, I would love to do design work for you, please. Yes, hire us, please. So now, we look to the payoff poster for Once Upon a Time in dot 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 Hollywood. And this one is a trio photo of the three big main stars of the film. Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie. Simple photograph, nicely shot, yada yada yada. Again, not that exciting. Yeah, I I don't really have much to say about this one just because it's it's pretty bland. It's a lot like the last one. I mean, we're mm-hmm. we're showing off these characters and they're getting their point across, but I think it's literally the same pose mm-hmm. as the last one. That for sure for DiCaprio. So they they just kind of moved them around. It's, it's not awful. Show off the, the lighting yeah. looks nice. I like the sunset in the back and how Hollywood's yeah. in the back, but. I don't think uh, Tarantino really had much say in these. I think he really focused on the other posters, which I don't blame him. So, yeah, it's very, it's Margot fine. Robbie doesn't even feel like she fits into this. I mean, obviously, they're all comped in yeah. in Photoshop, but Leo and Brad look like they're actually somewhat there. It's, yeah. it's a nice comp job. 
but Marco doesn't. And what gives it away is Leo. You see on the right side of his face, he has a highlight on his cheek. Yeah. Which feels like it's coming from the sun that's at the bottom right of yeah. the, of a, the poster. And Brad Pitt kind of has it, which it's not as, as, as bright, which you can kind of forgive because you could say, well... Leo's kind of blocking most of the light. Yes, so absolutely. It can kind of be sold that way. But with Margot, I mean, she kind of has this just even lighting across versus they have more dramatic lighting. That's what's throwing it off from my eye. Yeah, you could see it's just shocking. Margot Robbie's is not nearly, her face doesn't have as much contrast as the other guys. Mm-hmm. So it, it feels like her lighting conditions were different and it, it just kind of sticks out. It's not awful. Like, it, I don't look at this yeah. and I'm not, I'm not like, this is awful. You don't Photoshop. vomit, right? Yeah. I don't see you vomiting. No, I'm not, not vomiting. Wait. Yeah, it's, oh, no. Okay. No, no, no. Oh. I just checked. Okay. Whew. But, you know, it's, it's very fine. It's, it's okay. Yeah. I, it's like a, it's the most five rating from one to ten, well, let's, yeah. hardcore five. Yeah, let's move on to something better. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the characters. Okay, so we got the character poster for that shows off Leonardo DiCaprio. Again, this was done by Works ADV, as well as the last poster we were looking at. And again, it's a nice photo showing off our character. It's the same but, photo, I will say. Yeah. They just zoomed in to make yeah. it like a medium close-up. And, you know, kind of when, when you look back at these back to back, now it makes me kind of realize, oh, did, did they really only have one photo? Did they only take one photo of DiCaprio, of him just looking off to the side? It's a good picture. And the, the comp is really good. It works out. But I, I wish they just got some other pose, honestly. I would have been for, forgivable with the poses if it just would have felt more film looking like it was shot on film. Yeah. A little bit more grit to it. Just something more period. These these look too... I mean, there is kind of a softness to it, but not enough for me. Not yeah. enough to fill that period. And with when you take in consideration everything they did to be so accurate with this film, I feel like these photos, these posters just kind of... They don't do it justice. I agree completely. And next after that, we based, they also did some kind of like banner type poster, character posters... Uh, there's one with Margot Robbie, not much you can say. And then there's another one with a uh, character poster, which takes kind of a deviation in style, at least with typography, with uh, Damian Lewis playing Steve McQueen. Cool photo. It's a cool photo. And yeah. I, I'm i a fan of Steve McQueen, so mm-hmm. this would get me excited to know he's in the film yeah. if, if I saw this for the first time. And he, he kind of does look like him. He does. But yeah, yeah like you said, the typography is different compared to the other ones i wonder what the reason maybe because he's he's a the star he's like a, a big star in this film almost rick dalton is kind of jealous of mcqueen getting yeah. all these roles and getting the great escape which is a great movie well, i think i did i didn't grab them all but i think everybody gets a type of poster like this everyone has the same typography oh okay okay um so it just with with this set it's an expanded of all a lot more cast members and so the one with margot robbie that i have in there uh yeah she gets that type of style was only done for her leo and and brad pitt that was that set and then you had this more expanded set with a bit more fun typography the neon type yeah the the, the character posters are fine also yeah 
can't. They're not. I'm not vomiting, but yeah, they're I wish they're better they than other teaser, than some of the other teaser posters we've seen. That leads us to where things get fun. The special posters. Most people know this poster. We all wish this was the official poster, which it kind of is. I th I um, sort of think it is. In, yeah. In my it's brain. they definitely used it for like the Blu-ray release. Yeah. But I love it. This was done by a different agency. Our the good old BLT Communications, who also did the un, uh, Uncharted posters that we loved oh, last cool. episode. So this is their work. They teamed up with Stephen Cherney, is the artist BLT commissioned with. So he did the illustration for this, and it's amazing. I mean, as someone who is basically trying to do, kind of follow the same kind of path of retro 60s-ish illustration, this, I love it. I mean, I kind of want to go down the same path and I'm kind of training myself in this style as well. Considering that, I'm a big fan of this. The details, the little vignette moments in this is just so flippin' fun. No, I completely I mean, agree. I think the poster, I think it's just so fitting for this movie. Yes. There's, you know, the car, the shootout, Bruce Lee, what looks like a shootout, the Manson girls, Sharon Tate, Al Pacino's in it, the little girl who makes DiCaprio cry. Mm. She's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. The orange colors. Every, I think yes. everything just blends in really well. And even the white borders, that's very 60s. Mm -hmm. And I... I always appreciate movies like that love that it's also wait is it showing off the yes yeah, cinerama it's showing off the theater this is a great poster oh i also love the the ninth film by quentin tarantino love that yes i think this is a yeah, funny note poster. i want to make a funny note about that uh the font it's called hobo font when i was in college being uh, being taught how to be a designer yeah i hated that font i didn't know where it was from i would see in today's age i would see certain companies use it and i was like it's so disgusting why are they using that font and then when i got more educated in typography and you know when this typeface was made when it was used i go oh that's the 60s font but and when i saw it used in that time period i appreciate it a bit more and, and it, it grew on me and so I think it's funny how it's used in this film. And I love how it looks. Yeah, so. they made it work really well for this. Yeah. That's hilarious that you hated this font. Yeah, because it wasn't used It wasn't used right. That was probably it, because this, it fits. Yeah. If you yes. saw that font on like like a Dr. Pepper commercial that's supposed to be really modern, that, that would be mm -hmm. pretty ugly. So I get it. I get it, Zach. Yeah. You're excused for today. Okay, thank you, Renee. It was, you know, it was such a burden on me. <laughs> so I needed that. Also, I love about this film, this poster is at the bottom right, these little moments of the hoop, uh, hula palooza show that Rick Dalton dances That's to. That's it. Yes. I love that little moment there. It's just that whole bottom part is just so period accurate. Yep. Even with the type, the, the, the billing at the bottom. I, I love the billing. The, the, it, this has a, the font they use. Perfect. This. Yes, and and that blue, that, that that baby soft blue. Yeah. Damn it, that is it. That is the right color. <laughs> they nailed it. Yeah, they absolutely yeah. nailed this nailed poster. It. I actually did a my own version poster for this. I did two versions, and uh, that's something that I was I loved recreating was that bottom billing. That's fun. And that leads us to the next one. Operate Operations 
Oh, I think this is Italian. So, if you've seen the film, then you know they made these amazing posters for Rick Dalton's movies that he did. He had them in his house or on his driveway. And so this particular one was for Operation Dynamite. It was done by Stephen Cherney, the same artist who did the last poster we were looking at. And this one's just beautiful. I mean, beautiful. I'm in tears. Can you see the tears on my face? I, I see you crying. Hold yourself together, Zach. We're recording. I can't, Renee. It's just so beautiful. Yeah, I, I think this is awesome. The green and red, great contrast. And the fact that Leo's essentially flying in the air because in the background, you could see that this car is just chasing him. I'm impressed. I think I read that the artist wasn't even sure if this was going to even make it into the film. So I can't imagine the amazing work he did, Stephen did, in this poster. And not even knowing if it was going to make it into the film or even be seen. So mad respect to him. Yeah. To doing his duty. I'm sure Tarantino must have gone crazy when he saw this. You have to type every, everything. I'm such a poster nerd, especially type from the red, from the yesteryear. Typography from yesteryear, the good old days. Absolutely. Because I, I, I consume a lot of retro posters. I look at a lot of them. It, it, it's maddening how much I look. But I do it out of, out of love. I do it after I'm trying to understand what they did, what these master craftsmen did back then, and trying to revive it. And there's a lot of artists that I've found that are doing it, and we, darn it, Renee, we gotta get them on this podcast because they're doing an amazing job. They're, they're carrying that torch. We gotta get them. I, yeah. I'm curious I'm, how long it, it takes to do one of these and how far ahead of like shooting they had. Because aren't these in the movie? Don't you see it in yeah. Dalton's room? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Impressive. So they must have started doing these like 2017. And so that leads us to another another one of the artists. Renato Casaro is one of the production artists who was in charge of doing another one of the posters. The, the Nebraska Jim poster starring Rick Dalton. This is awesome. Just a classic Again, westerny just, poster, really showing off how badass Rick Dalton is. Uh, very John Wayne-ish. Mm-hmm. Very, a really simple poster. Um, there's barely any type on it, but yes. you're getting that red, blue, and black, and the Technicolor. If memory, if memory, if memory serves me right, I think um, this is an actual Sergio film. Oh, okay. Which is awesome. I love that. Pretty cool. Oh yeah, it okay. is. It is. It isn't a Sergio. It's an Antonio Roman, Roman film starring. Yeah, it's it's just an Italian film. Yeah, this is an actual thing. That's cool. But this kind of leads us to our sponsor segment. Sponsor. I wonder who it is. of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It comes with the option of a VHS tape, and so you can record whatever you want on there. The choice is yours. Absolutely. Renee, tell them. Yeah, I I was gonna say, I saw Are You Afraid of the Dark posters, the VHS, I mean, and they're, they are very legit. Like they look like they were actually made in the 80s, 90s, but with a lot of love because these are all illustrated by hand. If, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, if you want a really good 
VHS, whether it's you, you need some artwork for your short film, or if you want to give some home videos to your family member or a friend, I think Cinemarama Home Video is a great place for you to go get that commissioned. You absolutely won't regret it. Mac is a great guy, and you're going to get some awesome VHS swag. Go ahead. Most definitely. Yeah, you'll get an awesome case and a blank VHS, and you could put anything on that VHS. We're not telling you to do something illegal and put a movie up on there, but if you wanted to, you could. That That's not our Especially problem. Especially if you own. I mean, if you already own the movie, yeah, why not? So where can they find Cinemarama Home Video? They can find that address on your local Cineplex Instagram in the bio. Perfect. That's where they can find it. Does that answer your question? I, I think hope? that answers my question. That's pretty easy. Yeah. Okay, great. Easy great. to remember. We're back to wrapping up the Hollywood stuff because we... Yep. Rick this Dalton is, another production is piece. Joe Tanner in Tanner. Yes, this was done by the lovely Martin Dovich. And I like the style. This one's a bit different than the last two production posters we saw. Yes. And I absolutely love it. This is a little more stylized. It feels more, what would you say, like painted? Yeah. Right? Okay. A, but uh, I love this. A little this. bit more just... Yeah, illustrative, less realistic, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, Rick Dalton's character, Joe Tanner, sitting on the floor of what I would assume is like a jail cell, maybe? Or uh, just a general room. And yeah. the room has some bullet holes, and it looks like someone's opening the door to this dark room. <gasps> so you're only getting that little piece, that little uh, light coming in through and lighting up Tanner. So... This is awesome. It looks like it's a fun action western. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. If Absolutely. It was real. Yeah. Well, now I'm wondering, is this a real movie? Because Nebraska Jim is a real movie. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna look that up. There is no movie called <laughs> Joe Tanner, but there is Joseph R. Tanner, who is an American aviator at the University of Colorado Boulder, mechanical engineer and a former NASA astronaut. So this is your shout out, Joseph Tanner. Congratulations yeah. for- Congratulations. For being on a Tarantino-ish poster. That leads us to the last special poster, which is perfect because it's actually done by the featured artist for today's episode. And I'm so excited to give this, this man a shout out. This, he actually was commissioned to do the artwork for the book Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. That's so cool. Yeah, if if you don't know this, it's it's black. It says Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Underneath it, Quentin Tarantino. Then there's this illustration of Cliff Booth driving his car. The feet are up on the dash. And you can see the girl, one of the Manson girls, you know, from that one scene where it's all super tense and um, Cliff is trying to go inside the house this is beautiful and then also in the in the rear view mirror you could see cliff booth with his awesome hair just waving in the air so th i think this is beautiful zach i think this is awesome it was done by the our featured artist for this episode and his name is paul mann and man he does amazing work he's bringing back that old style and he just does it with so much swag and style I love this image, and I think this would have been a great teaser image. There's a lot going on, but not a lot going on at the same time. That's why I mm -hmm. like this, because it really, you know, it gets across the idea in a beautiful way because the illustrations are awesome. They're so, they're like realistic, but sort of stylized. It feels, it very much feels like a book from the 70s with mm -hmm. that 
you know, that type of, of art. So yeah, I love this. I think this is great. I, I saw the book in person and it's, you can't just, you can't help but just be in awe of the artwork. Oh yeah. I love it. If you, uh, you can check out Paul Mann's Instagram and he actually posts some um, process work while he was working on this. Oh, so it's I pretty amazing to see his penciling is just to, it's just it's so i nerded out basically get, getting to see behind the scenes yeah of that we move on to the rest of his work another one of his work that i'm excited to share is his ghostbusters this is so Ghostbusters. cool yes this is so like, much oh fun gosh i want this this was if you want this it's too bad <laughs> because this was a private commission he did for some lucky ghost head so beautiful it's it's basically you know kind of that stranger things style you know different faces but it they, they he just chose the perfect ones and the color in this is awesome i love this this feels straight from the 80s it most definitely is renee i think uh, i agree with you it, if i really really recommend people go check this out on our instagram page this looks you know you can't really do it justice by just describing these it's so difficult because once you take a look at it it will be ingrained in your brain for the rest of your life and every time you try to go to sleep this is all you're gonna see zach this is all you're gonna That's, see i'd be happy <laughs> I mean, the accurate style to this, it feels like it was done in, in, in the world of yesteryear where I want to live in. And I mean, look at look at his treatment for Sigourney Reaver's character, the gatekeeper. Yeah. I mean, the color, the color on that did. is awesome. That dark greenish blue, the lime green highlight. Oh. Absolutely. This looks awesome. Also, Rick Moranis is on the poster. So yes. I love him. His goofy I mean, self. You got the Ecto-1 in there. I mean, it's just, it's everything you would want. You got old Spangler. Old Spangler. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, honestly, see, this frustrates me, Renee. You know why? Why? Because this is what should have been done for Afterlife they're, and their yeah. payoff poster. Yeah, because the Afterlife poster was, was pretty good. It was okay. I definitely liked it more than anything. But if they did something like this... Even even if it was just like a special or teaser poster, it doesn't have to be the official poster. Mm -hmm. That would have been awesome. That would have been yeah. so cool. I would have loved that. I, I, I could see artists, you know, in the future doing one for Afterlife. And we might look at those and be yeah. like, I wish this was the official poster, but <laughs> I think that's you can't get everything you want. Yeah. Well, I can. Damn it. Oh, oh, <laughs> Zach's going to try. <laughs> I mean, and that leads us to the next one, Doctor Who. I'm a huge Doctor Who fan, especially the David Tennant era. He he was the ninth Doctor. If you're not familiar with this great British TV show that has lasted decades. And, yeah. Uh, good composition. Yeah. Everything I think uh, a Whovian like myself would love. Yeah. Any thoughts, Renee? Yeah, I don't really watch Doctor Who. Uh, I, but I think the colors in this are great. I like how flat it is. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in, in quite literally the best way possible where it, I don't even know how to describe that. It, do you know what I'm trying to get to get at Zach? Like there's something about this poster that just, you know, it doesn't pop out. It feels, I know what you mean. It's the texture. It's of the it. texture it's of the, it. I really, really yeah. love that. I think. Yeah, this is beautiful. 
It's because it doesn't have any lar uh, it doesn't use any very dark blacks. I don't think there's any. I think the only black in here is in the clock details. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And a little bit of a little bit of black in that uh, that Dalek. Yeah. That uh, salt sh salt pepper shaker looking monster there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was an amazing Paul man. We need to have you on this podcast. Yeah. Yes. Every, you know, all these posters I've seen from Mr. Paul, they're awesome. You really have to look at it. You have to print them out. No, buy, if he's selling posters, buy it from him. Don't just print yes. it. And then. Yes, he does. It seems that he does commissions. So I jump on that. Oh, please jump on that because clearly a major talent, especially mm -hmm. if Tarantino saw his work and was like, hell yeah then you should go do that too this isn't sponsored yeah. but we just love them unfortunately we're running out of time to do the good bad and ugly segment but i think what we can do is kind of wrap it up our thoughts on the once upon a time posters yeah i think for the most part at least with all the specialty posters i would give all those goods yeah i agree would you agree yeah th those definitely get goods and then with the all the work done by Works ADV, all those highly photographed, I'd say for me, they'd be teetering on like good, bad. Yeah, I was gonna say, I wish there was a middle one because it feels wrong mm -hmm. just to give it a straight up bad, but mm -hmm. they're not ugly. They really just are middle of the road yeah. posters. Yeah. Meh. Meh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think so, yeah, it's, a, it's a safe. I'd say in between the good and bad, just maybe a little closer to the bad. To wrap that up, it's pretty much a, a good for the specialty posters done by those amazing artists and a meh for the official posters done by Rooks ADV. This is no no uh, slant at the designers. Not at who all. Who are in charge. Not at of all. These. I'm sure they were just doing their job. So no disrespect there. It's the studio's fault. And when in doubt, blame the studios. Blame all them executives. Renee, we did it. I'm happy. This was a good episode. Yeah, this was fun. This was episode three, yeah. correct? Episode three, yeah. If anyone yes. says otherwise, then you're wrong and you're yeah. a liar. All right, well, again, I wanted to thank the listeners to coming to your local Cineplex. Podcast, Podcast over. over.